0: At Meridian Audio, we deliver extraordinary experiences. We create moments that bring people together, forge shared connections, and make unforgettable memories.
1: Don't just take our word for it. Experience audio as it's meant to sound. With a visit to our Cambridgeshire HQ, it's the home of Hi-Res Audio.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Integrated Home, this is the podcast produced by the Home Integration Community for the Home Integration Community. My name is Jeff Hayward, and with my industry guest today, we're examining the integrator relationship with architects and interior designers. What's the attraction of working with these professionals? How can you connect with them? And what resources are out there to help you make the most of those relationships? We'll also be finding out about the Smart Home Summit. Welcome to the Integrated Home. Today we're podcasting from the home of pod supporter, AWE. We're in the performance cinema at AWE's HQ, a fantastic demo space equipped with a native 4K VPL VW570 projector from another podcast supporter, Sony. Please do pay this place a visit. I'm joined today by two CDIA members, Alex Jostling from Seven Integration and Taz Kiriaku of IDS. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Alex, what's your background and that of Seven Integration?
0: Well we started um, back in 2003 as a high street hi-fi shop, Uh, myself and my brother in Horsham in West Sussex. We grew out of that um, with the introduction of flat screen TVs and surround sound we started getting more involved in what our customers at the time classed as home cinema but we've later learnt was nothing like a home cinema. Uh, and through that development, we started to get involved in larger projects and whole home systems. Uh, We've moved out of retail in 2007. Um, we're now based on a farm estate in a barn, uh, fields and cows in the South Downs all around us and um, work primarily with architects, interior designers, property developers uh, on new builds and major renovations. But we still get the odds High net worth individual who's building another dream home for their family, um, which is always nice. It's nice to do those projects. Interesting. Uh, we're now a team five strong. Um, yeah, going from strength to
2: strength. Excellent. And Taz, what about you? Well, we,
1: uh, unlike uh, Alex and Seven Integration, we started in IT in uh, 2008, um, so we didn't come through the traditional route. Uh, we went from i t and into security systems, and about five to six years ago we delved into the um the smart home integration and um, and we we never looked back really uh, We thoroughly enjoyed it we got the relevant training uh we partnered up with some uh, some good manufacturers and uh and we we work with uh primarily architects interior designers. Uh, developers and recently we've had a lot of uh, interest from end users as well so there's direct communication from the end user uh, which is interesting because that that hasn't really happened too much since we started and we've been you know we've been progressing very well over the years and we've got we've had a fantastic year so far and uh, hopefully next year is going to be even better
2: And what are the views like from your uh, office?
1: Uh, Not so bad. Uh, I mean, we're based in North London. um, uh, So, uh, you know, a lot of bricks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No um, no cows or sheep or anything? No,
1: no, not at all. Um, But, uh, yeah, we're we're positioned quite well. I mean, we've got good access to London. But um, it's quite nice to be a bit further out, I think. So we'll
2: see. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, Alex, um I know you've been busy this week and I think Taz you were at the same event as well. We were, yes. Which was the Smart Home Summit, uh took place in London. I think it's about the fifth iteration of this event, which you'd think from the outside would be hugely relevant to our industry, but um what was your take on it, Alex? I I was
0: surprised uh when I I think I saw it on LinkedIn and I thought, "Oh, I don't know this." I was on a panel discussing the importance of the retail channel. Okay. Um to the the smart home industry. That was why I was there. It was an it was an interesting exercise. Not exactly what I was expecting.
2: Quite sort of DIY and retail focused, and a lot of the brands, from what I could see, uh, were well. There were people like British Gas were backing it, EDF backing it. You know, lots of sort of energy, and and product manufacturers selling boxes through retail.
0: Yeah, it was. I think I met up with Taz, and we both sort of had that same. Instant impression of we kind of walked into the room expecting to see loads of manufacturers with their stands there, and uh, there was very little of that. But w- what was there was it was very much DIY product radiator valves and cameras, and yeah, um, yeah, all yeah, retrofit stuff. Yeah. Which you know, I guess they're aiming at the mass market um, because they want to sell boxes, um, but it seems that to be called. The smart home summit uh, it was quite a narrow blinkered view of what smart home is
2: yeah. would you agree with that taz i i
1: do i do agree and um similarly it was it was quite i mean it's a smart home summit but it didn't quite feel <laughs> like the smart home summit um you know it, it is a you know it is a lot of manufacturers who are box pushing i think maybe over the years it will evolve mm. um, and it won't just be about the you know the the retailers and the integration with uh, energy providers um i think it may evolve into into the integration world mm. so uh we'll, we'll see it remains to be seen we'll see how it progresses
2: and i know a lot of our industry comes from that audio visual channel but there didn't seem to be too much audio visual content from what i could see
0: no it was, it was quite um sort of iot mm-hmm. um focused um like i said you know radiator valves and thermostats and yeah the kind of stuff you could buy from uh, curry's pc world that kind of thing amazon which is a shame that they're, they're kind of excluding that kind of higher end integrator yeah. product
1: what i had noticed is that they, they kept on missing the point of of having an integrator someone who has the ability to uh to provide this ecosystem that that can integrate all of the different solutions within within a home and and i think there was like you said it was very blinkered to to, to, to that kind of world, which I found slightly bizarre.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there any understanding of the value that an integrator can add to, even to DIY products? Because you're integrating some of these products into, into a, a smart home anyway, aren't you, increasingly? Yeah. I was on a panel
0: with Rod from Exertis, um, who are obviously uh, a consumer product-focused um, distributor. And I even got the impression that he didn't really get that integrate a role at you know being able to bring these products together and have them work together in unison rather than as these disparate systems and having to open up a different app for everything yeah it just it, it did seem like they don't really almost like they don't want to understand mm. Mm. that that our role is to kind of bring these products together and make them mm. work together and make it effortless and Like your home kind of thinks for itself and it's it's intelligent rather than just smart as in being connected to the network but i'll give the example um using thermostats as a thing really because when you can join all these systems together reducing the heat in a room doesn't necessarily mean turning the radiator off or turning the heating off it could just be dropping the the blinds three quarters of the way so you're blocking the sun and, and restricting the solar gain or it could be you open a window and if and if all the systems are talking together, and you've got a list of priorities, it's too hot in the room, what's the first thing I can do? Well, I can turn the radiator off. Mm. It's still too hot in the room. What can I do now? Well, let's open a window, or let's drop a blind. Having that intelligence to have the systems working together, that's where I see our role, mm. um, even with DIY products, mm. being able to pull them together.
1: Yeah, Taz? I mean, it complements the, the DIY products to something like uh, you know the voice control solutions. Mm. You know, they do complement what we do because you know, we can. You know, the the user can activate these solutions. So, uh, from that from that point of view, th- there are benefits. But ultimately, it's about that intelligent thinking. Cre- you know, creating a system that can can intelligently work for you in a particular room. Um, so, I think it's it's evolving. It's it's moving forward. But uh, I, I still feel there's quite a big gap between. Our world and the consumer, the consumer world. Or
2: yeah, I think it, it it seems to me that we've got the problem, which is they're operating in their silo, and mm. we're in our silo over here, and it's about closing that gap. And I, I guess the route to closing that gap is going to be the sort of education that we're going to talk about later with mm. consumers, designers, architects, and they'll the penny will drop eventually where they'll think, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and and us being involved, you know, I yeah. mean, I was, I was on a panel that wasn't particularly relevant to me, but it meant I was able to talk about the higher level stuff and and the sort of CDU installers and, and their role and things like that. So you know, it's kind of creating a bridge.
1: I don't think they've. I don't think they see the value in integrators just yet. Where well, I think we can contribute to their sales over time. But I, I just don't. From from what I had seen at the summit, I didn't feel like they had. Uh, understood the value of an integrator. I think
0: they still think of us as being that half a million pound investment yeah. in a massive cinema and and yeah. all of that. When, you know, I mean, it's great when you get a job like that, but we all know that's yeah, not,
1: every, <laughs> every, day. That's
0: not <laughs> well, every day. Not I'm every day. Not every day, maybe every week, I think, yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Excellent. Thanks very much.
1: AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors. Bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com.
2: Okay, so this is hot seat time. Taz, you were volunteered by Alex to put yourself forward. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Let's see what we can find out about you. Are you ready?
1: as ready as i'll ever be okay ready
2: steady go
0: taz what do you enjoy most about the integration business
1: Uh, home cinemas the results uh, and the impressions that we get from our customers once they've seen their computer cinema room what's your favorite movie of all time back to the future i love (laughs) back to the future one two and three (laughs) Uh,
0: what job would you do if you weren't an integrator
1: i'd like to be a footballer (laughs) Love
0: Island, Towie, or Made in Chelsea? Love Island. Uh, give me two technologies that you're looking forward to seeing at ISE 2020.
1: Uh, more voice control and um, more talk about 8K.
0: What is the best thing about being in business with your brother?
1: There's a there's a good understanding and there's always the element of trust.
0: And finally, you're performing live on stage at Glastonbury in the Legend slot, which is your song of choice to put everyone in a good mood and get the whole crowd singing along with you. Queen,
1: Radio Gaga
2: so certain. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. That's great. Right. So architects and interior designers, educating the design build community is one of the core components of Cedia's three-year strategy. But how's it playing out for integrators at the sharp end?
0: Uh, they're a really important part of our business. Um, we made the switch we made a conscious choice about five years ago um to look at building relationships with interior designers architects um and now they're probably along with property developers probably making up about eighty percent of our business um so they're they're really important and for what us.
2: what was the attraction in in pivoting the business to that that direction
0: with uh an end user Um, someone building their own home, they're lovely to work with because you can get them involved and excited about product um, and they have an investment in it. But once you've done that project, that's it. Um, So it's not a great business model. You you might get a service agreement with them, but until they move house, um, you're really restricted to just the odd upgrade and things. With an architect, they might be doing 10, 15 projects a year, that would fit the criteria that should have our equipment in. If they, if we can get half of those um, as systems that that they're buying from us, um, that's great. But they're doing that every year, and then you get the referrals from the people that move into those houses as well. So it just means we, we've we've been able to grow massively over the last few years since making that decision. Um, so it's, it's a commercial thing. Um, it's nice to work with them as well because they have an understanding of. Um, how buildings work and how
1: people live in them a bit more,
0: and we learn from them, and they learn from us.
2: Interesting. What about you, Taz?
1: About two years ago, I started then building relationships with architects, designers, and you know, over the past sort of eighteen months or so, we've we've seen uh, an uplift on it in our sales because we're we're getting that regular uh, you know regular inquiries from from those architects who we've built a, a relationship with. Um, so it's a far more stable model. And like Alex said as well, you know, uh, the architect has some level of understanding and they can articulate that to, to the client or they can manage the client's expectations as well. And I think an ar- the architect, uh, from, from what I've seen, is it plays such an important part uh, in, the, in the whole process of, of a build. And um, when we're introduced to, to the customer from the architect, it's a, it's a trusted source. So, and that, that's, that's massively uh, important because um, it gives that level of comfort mm. for the for the for the user, especially with what we do, because it's not it's not something basic. It's it's you know there's so many intricacies involved to to, to what we do. Um, it's important that the customer, um, or the user has some level of comfort when they're working with us.
2: And would you say that architects are more receptive to the services that you guys provide?
1: I think so. I think um, over the years uh, they, they are becoming more receptive. I think they've seen that technology is not, you know, it, it's continuing to, to develop so they have to either embrace it and bring it on board um, or or they, they'll stay stagnant. So um, it's a choice an architect has to kind of make and it goes, I guess, across the industry, not just for architects but designers, you know, M&E contractors, you know, they all have to have to realise that it's not, it's not just you know we are a, a quite a, a, a you know we're a piece to the puzzle just like the electrical contractors, the mechanical contractors. We are also a big part of the process now as well.
2: I've heard architects are described as the GP of buildings. You know they're not specialists, mm. but they need to know about everything. So I guess Precisely. the rise of, of connected technology in the home is is actually a good thing for our industry.
0: I think they 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 know now that it's got to be put into the building it's just what people want it's what people expect um and they're and like you say they're they're not specialists in that area uh and it's really interesting what you said Taz about the trust I think that's a really important point the um the clients I think spend a lot of time and invest a lot of their energies into finding a good architect and then they'll trust that architect to bring in the other contractors so if you've got a good relationship with an architect that's that's a really good relationship to have
2: absolutely Mm. yeah So, what are some of the challenges that you face in in dealing with architects and designers?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's always a resistance because they don't understand uh, and because historically our industry has promised a lot and delivered Mm. less because we're an industry that's still quite in its infancy. We, We... we evolve so quickly and products move on so quickly. It's not like a, a cinema that we installed today will be nothing like a cinema that we installed 10 years ago. Um, It'd be completely different. So it's moving on so quickly, uh, they can't expect to um, to stay up to date with it. So they, they need to bring in specialists, um, but it does mean they're losing a little bit of control. And I think that's where the resistance comes from. They, they kind of like to have that control over what things happen when really they just need to realize we all want the same thing we all want a client at the end of the day that's got an amazing house that does exactly what they want it to do Um, and if we can work together we we can deliver that
1: I think that the other challenges that that we also have is is this misconception about the cost it doesn't always have to be you know a hundred thousand pound cinema room Um, it can be something that's delivered that that can cost say fifteen or twenty thousand pounds um and it will still have a good good performance uh the other issue is is also you know it's okay we don't need to bring the the uh integrator in at the beginning we can just bolt things on at the end you know mm-hmm. and um unfortunately that that doesn't work out well because then we're picking up the pieces to try and make something work for the customer that might not be ideal um and we're kind of chasing our tails sometimes and we're having to you know, manage everyone's expectations. So it's, it's a bit tricky um, in that respect. So we, we always try to explain to architects and, and designers, You know, make sure we, we're, at, we're with you from the beginning, because then we can start mm. the design process. So
0: The budget thing is a really interesting thing, because mm. I was having a conversation with an architect the other day. If a client hasn't got the budget, it doesn't cost a lot of money to run the wires. So put the infrastructure in, and then a year, two years down the road, then they've got that cabling in place. And that doesn't cost a lot of money but it still means they've got the ability to put in the systems later on um and i think like taz said is you know people kind of think of home automation systems and things and they're thinking it's it's 100 grand and it doesn't need to be you know cabling for a system could be five grand Mm. and it means that next year they can put in surround sound or they can put some speakers in their bathroom or or whatever it is they want to do
1: absolutely that's the same advice i give to, to anyone um when they when they're doing a build you know they I always say to them look if you don't want to do it now you may want to do it in 5 years uh, or in 2 years just get the infrastructure in place get the cables in the right locations and and you can you can add things as you go along you don't have to do everything instantly
2: why do you think an uh, an architect wouldn't get you involved early in a project what's what's the barriers it just because they don't understand how important you are
1: i think so i think i don't i don't know whether they understand the ele- the, the, the amount of design that goes into it um and uh, the infrastructure as well that perhaps goes into it too so they just think it's all right they can bolt things on at the end um mm. and that just comes down to the lack of understanding uh, or knowledge perhaps that they have uh, in what we do the know. biggest bugbear we get is is where the rack's going to go doesn't matter yeah. how
0: many times you talk to an architect and say we need space for the rack that yeah. can be cooled Um, and there's got space for for the air to move around and the amount of times it's like we haven't got anywhere can we stick in the loft or would it fit under the stairs Um, and it I don't think they really understand that if we have that conversation while they're still designing the home then you can make a space big enough Mm. um, and it makes everything easier trying to do it later on and say would it fit in this space can we move that cupboard around the other way and and having these conversations just means there's compromises Um, and nobody wants to be building a new house knowing that there's compromises on something that's so critical to their enjoyment of it on a daily basis
2: so if they're tasked with putting the space together for the client they see what you're taking away from that as a necessary evil But if they ignore it, it might go away. Yes, yes, I think you're probably
0: right. (laughs) It is a necessary evil.
2: So there's a lot of education and understanding that needs to go on with that community to make them even more aware. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think most integrators will probably be aware. Actually, I don't know. Do you think most integrators are aware of what CPD is, Continuing Professional Development? If
0: they're CEDIA members, they certainly are, because CEDIA bang on about it a lot. Maybe non cedia people who haven't been a part of CEDIA at all, perhaps... I don't know, Okay. but uh, yeah, certainly as a CDA member, you would know.
2: But in essence, what that means is that if you're an architect or an interior designer, you have to do a certain amount of education during your um, professional career, find time for going on courses that are CPD approved to get points to prove that you can still retain a membership of that trade body. Yep. Right. And how useful do you think? being able to deliver CPD is as a door opener
1: it, it, it is a, it's a very good way in engaging with architects uh, and it does help get your your foot in the door it does have its its limitations though um, to some level because you may be sitting in front of a number of architects and you're engaging with maybe two or three out of the ten for example um, It it varies it varies from CPD to CPD, but I think it, it is valuable i mean I've done a number of CPDs some have have you know have come back and asked me questions, and we've generated work from it and, and others not so much. so it depends really.
0: yeah, I think as a, as a door opener it's, it's really it's a really good tool to have. What you do afterwards is down to your own sales process. We're not particularly good at following it up. I'll put my hands up to that, but I enjoy doing them. I, I you know, I, I think going back to Taz's questions earlier, what you, what would you have done if you hadn't been in integration industry? I, I think I might have been a teacher because I just standing up in front of people, just you know, teaching. Um, and we do have the benefit that I think generally people are quite interested in in what we're talking about. I was doing the Reba Roadshow in London last week um presenting there. And in the room next door to me was UPVC Windows, the past, the present, and the future.
2: Oh, my God! And I just thought, there. wow, <laughs> that's,
0: that's a presentation I want to listen to. You know? <laughs> Whereas, you know, we're talking about home cinema rooms and multi-room audio and, and Alexa voice control and, and all fun. these things that are pretty, pretty cool and exciting.
2: So is the age profile of the architects that are sitting on these courses different? Are you getting the younger architects more than the older ones? What's the...?
0: You usually get... I think you get more engagement out of the younger ones, um, but generally the ones that I've done, I think you've usually, you usually you, you'll have the owner or someone senior that's sitting there just to keep his his points mm. um, ticked off. Um, but actually, you do see them sort of, I'm exaggerating, but kind of starting the presentation, leant back with their arms crossed in front of them, and by the end you've usually got them kind of engaged and asking questions. I'm I'm quite one for Throwing questions out to the to the audience and getting them to answer those questions, so you can usually generate some engagement. the the best the the most interested people are the ones that have got a project that they think oh this might work for that, and you can spot them straight away because they'll they'll be asking questions throughout the whole presentation, yeah. and they're the ones you want to catch up with afterwards.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, you you, you can tell quite quickly. Yeah. With, with the questions that they're asking throughout the throughout the, the, the presentation, um, that they have uh, an, an, an imminent project, and they're trying to get, you know get as much as information as they possibly advice. can, yeah, yeah. which yeah. we're happy to do because you know that's what that's what we're there to do. We're there to give them um, you know advice and and you know and go from there. Can
2: anyone just deliver CPD? No. <laughs> what's, the, what's the rule? What do you need
0: to do? <laughs> you, um, so you have to go and be a. Cedia Outreach Instructor, uh, which I think is just a one-day course. Um, yeah. They hold it here at AWE, I think. They've just done one here, um, or at Cedia. Um, and they take you through the content and make sure you're able to stand in front of a room and talk to people. Um, I first did it in 2007. Um, I I went back again and did it again a couple of years ago just because I thought it's been a long time. I might just go back and revisit it. It was still Peter Ailett standing up in front of us telling us not to look at the screen and look at the people you're talking to and um yeah um so so you need to get approved by cedia to say that you can stand up and
2: okay um what cpd courses are there out there that you can deliver tas
1: uh well we've got the uh it was the design uh was it the design future in- integrated, integrated, the future integrated homes, home yeah. which is um, now that's now changed so they've recently released cds just recently released a new one which is alex design (laughs) Uh, the
0: connected home that's right which is a real overview just skimming the surface of the main technology we get involved with so lighting uh shade av although i think they call it entertainment um lighting shading climate control Mm. and um, but it's a really top line you know you've got they suggest 45 minutes to get through 36 slides you can't do an awful lot you, you spend five minutes introducing yourself and celia at the beginning and then a little bit at the end saying thanks very much any questions doesn't leave you a lot of time it to get it gives you it's a, it's
1: a broad kind of overview of, of you know the the solutions that you can offer but i think it does it does limit the amount of information that you can give the audience
2: either have you done the the home cinema cpd yeah earlier, so to do the, the home, this year wasn't it yeah. the home
1: well, yeah, I think it, designing early.
0: home cinema and media media rooms is another one that's a newer one um there's criteria you have to have met to be able to present that um i think there's only about 20 companies in the uk that can do that i think i'm right in saying that we're one of them um and you have to have Uh, I think you have to have been shortlisted for a home cinema um, and have a CDA certified designer on staff to be able to do that. I think that's the criteria. Um, But that's actually a really good CPD. That's the one I suggest to any architects that I talk to that they have because you're able to get into more detail. You can talk more in depth about things. And it's a subject that I think architects are getting asked about. I think that's kind of what people... They want we were saying earlier, about being able to tick the box to say, my home's got a home cinema. Um, so I think clients are going to architects saying, oh yes, we want a home cinema. Um, so rather than going for the design of a connected home, going for that home cinema media room, mm-hmm. CPD, is much more relevant to them. It gives much more in depth uh, information uh, and you can have a bit of fun with it as well. It's, it's a nice CPD, mm-hmm. CPD to do. The other one is, um, tabling infrastructure, yeah. which I've never presented. I've never even opened it. I just thought that sounds a bit dull. And <laughs> um, have
2: you done the home and one yet?
1: I haven't. No, unfortunately, we haven't had much time. We've got, to, we've got to invest a bit of time in that. So not yet. But it's something that we're definitely looking to do. I think it's important that we do that um, for further development for, for for us as a company. Um, and and obviously we want to be able to go out and and uh, and advise uh, our clients in the right way. So definitely with a view
2: and I'm aware that manufacturers offer CPDs so I know Lutron probably do them Amina do them I think as well are Mm. you are you able to deliver those or is that just the manufacturer can deliver that um I don't know
0: is the honest answer I know I spoke to Amina a few years ago about their CPD and there was never the offer made to me do you want to be able to present it um, so i i, I don't know. Do you know? yeah,
1: as as far as I know it's actually uh, because i Kreshon released a, a, um, a, their own c p d and I'd inquired to see if it's something that we could present uh, and they had said to me that it's only um Kreshon staff who can actually deliver yeah. that which is unfortunate really because you know again there's this content in there information that might be quite useful uh for for, for you know for our clients
2: um what about are manufacturers open to buddying up with you if they're delivering a CPD? Do they want you there as like an so. integrator to help I me? Mean, maybe that's. Yeah, right. it's
0: it's something that we're looking at at the moment, um, forming a what I'm calling at the moment like a CPD breakfast club. So once a month in Brighton, we'll host an event where I'll present a CPD and then the next month it'll be a kitchen designer. And the next month it could be Crestron mm. or Lutron or... So every month there'll be a CPD and then some breakfast and a bit of networking, and then they can be in the office at half nine, ten, no problem. Um, And that will be reliant on me being able to form relationships with different suppliers of CPDs. Maybe I'll try and find someone who can do UPVZ windows. Um, (laughs) My life is just worse for not having seen that one. Um, uh, Yes, and and I'm sure, um, certainly I've spoken to some kitchen designers who do CPDs. And they were all over it. They're like, "Yeah, that'd be amazing." Um, so, I, I guess manufacturers would be happy to get involved in that too.
2: What about uh, from your perspective, Tez? What sort of other tools could you be given to help you?
1: Well, what I've realised, especially over the past sort of six months, having delivered um, a few more CPDs, is that I think there's massive value to to add when you're presenting a CPD with live equipment. So, if there's a way. We can incorporate some some products, or you know, you have them in a de, you know in a demo room. Um, I think that adds huge value because uh, you're engaging with them on a different level. It's not just talking to them about it; you're actually
2: showing them what that their client can get. Uh, and I think there's there's huge value there. So the environment you're delivering the education in is actually quite important. Presumably, you've got to go to the architect's office to to do it. Well,
1: yes, but I think. What might also be important is, and this, this, is, this is something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot recently, is, is getting them to our office, our demo room, show them our equipment, um, and also it, you kind of establish their commitment to it as well because if you're going to their office, then the chances are they just want to get their CPD points, perhaps, uh, not s- some, not all, but um, if Pretty you hunch. have them in, yeah, so, and, then ha- and then if you have them at, you know, at your office, Uh, or your demo Mm -hmm. room that way you know there's some level of commitment there so they're going to be interested and you're going to be able to engage with them with some products which is I think there's value there
0: I had exactly that conversation with an architect a couple of weeks ago where he said it would be so much better to be able to talk about lighting control and and to be somewhere where you could actually show us this is what lighting control does and actually I don't need to push that button it can be if I want to watch a movie I can press a button on the remote and it does all of it he said, to be able to see that actually happening is much better than having someone stand up in front of saying, and this can happen. We all know, you know, yeah. talking about something yeah. is is great, but being able to show someone something you're talking about um, is much mm. better. How? Well, unfortunately, it means getting architects away from their office, which if you're in the middle of London, perhaps isn't a massive issue. I know Cornflake have done a few uh, events at theirs Um, because they're right in the middle of London. They've probably got 20 architects within a square mile. For us, certainly is a problem. You know, we're rural. We're on a farm estate, just halfway between Gatwick and Brighton. Um, Getting um, half a dozen architects to come to us isn't easy. So it does need a bit more commitment from the architect. So I think you need to then um, make it worth them coming. So I don't know if that means doing two CPDs with lunch in the middle and making a day of it. Or doing it in the evening, and
2: I don't know, adding some wine and some network. Yeah,
1: you could you could do it sort of late afternoon. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's interesting. It just basically it'll just take more thinking and planning.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you run the you run the risk. We did it um, for our tenth anniversary. Um, we planned a day of CPD in the morning, for lunch, CPD in the afternoon. We did quite a lot of publicity for it. We had, a, I think, about 30 or 40 people registered to come. Two turned up. And, you know, you've laid on food and, you know, all the publicity and everything. Whereas if you're going to their office, you're there. You know, they're, they're not getting rid Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. And you're going to be presenting to them. So, um, yeah, it, it's but it's the same with any event. You organise an event, you get a load of people registered to come. So many drop off um it's just frustrating mm. but um it's you've got to you've got to create a reason for them to to want to come and see the value in in taking time out of their office because whatever an architect's charging an hour you've got to you've got to make that up to them either it, you know through knowledge that you're giving to them i mean
1: in some instances you, i mean you could it comes with the the help of the manufacturer but you know if, if you if you're at a manufacturer or even a distributor like here, like here, AWE. You know, you've got an extensive demo room with cinema rooms, and it, it becomes a fun experience as mm. well. So, there's got to be a reason that could be the reason for yeah. them to, to come. So, it's hard, but these are the challenges we face, and we're, we're always trying as integrators to find ways to, to engage
2: differently than, than everyone else. What would you like to make the, the CPD experience better for you?
0: For me personally, as, as I said, the one I really enjoy presenting is the home cinema. And media rooms because you can really get into the detail of it and and you really feel like you're actually giving them some real benefit because they're learning something that they can then walk back to their desk and use. So I'd like to see a lot more that are focused on one area. So maybe a lighting control one, maybe one that just focuses on the importance of the network. Um, you know, it, there are sections within the designing the connected home CPD um, that really each lend themselves to their own CPD in their own right. And and I know that they um, that Cedia try to use a lot of the ones that are done in the States and adapt them. Um, and that's fine, it's an easy win, but really um, it'd be great to have some more in depth on specific subjects um, that you can just get into the nuts and bolts of it more. And it's, it's more enjoyable as a presenter. And I'm sure it's more enjoyable as the person being presented to.
1: Additionally, if you know if an architect or whoever whoever it may be you're presenting to are you know have a project at the time and the the talk is let's say lighting control, it's a great value for them to get a a, an in-depth understanding Mm. of that particular solution so they can then go back to their customer and have a more in-depth conversation if we're not involved at that point, of course, but um, I I completely agree and I think um, I think CDR are working on on some new CPDs. I think one specifically for lighting, I believe, Uh, but it'll be good just to have those segmented um, presentations. So it it allows us to elaborate further uh, on each solution. So it'll be hugely important over the years for, for that to happen.
2: Anything else that you um, that you do to build relationships with architects and designers? I think
1: we've got to, as integrators, I think we've got to think of, think a little bit outside the box and not just like the conventional ways that we try and you know build relationships and and, and business. Designers, architects, uh, the associations such as BID, um, REBA. We need to be engaging with these associations and the people involved in those so that we can broaden our network and be in front of these people. So going to these shows, there's massive value to, to the extent of even having, um, I mean, it's costly, depends on the, 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 the budgets that integrators may have, but even, even having a stand. I did go to Decorex. I didn't see any, I don't believe I saw any integrators there. Why? <laughs> there should be. Because there's a whole host of designers. They're all they're all clients, potential clients for
2: integrators. So it's a question of getting out there, looking at what go what goes on. Even if you know where you are, Alex, in in Sussex, I'm sure there are little local chapter activities that go on. From those yeah, things.
0: we've got um, we're just getting involved with this with a movement called Design Brighton, which is all about the sort of built environment around Brighton and, and regeneration of areas, and and there's a lot of um historical architecture there that's that's worth looking at and just appreciating so we're involved with them um as a way to uh, get a bit more involved in the community um to meet new architects interior designers of course um and just to support our local town really um so there are there are initiatives um certainly that you can get involved in if, if you just look
2: and what about you, Taz? I mean, North London, where you are, you're looking into London, but also out beyond the M25. Yeah, I we,
1: I mean, a lot of our work and clients does come, come in from London, but we, we do have, you know, Hertfordshire and Essex that we're getting a bit of interest in from, from people out there. But it is a little bit different for our business because, you know, like you said, being in London does help. We've got a lot of architects and designers around us. So, and we've built some good relationships with local uh, designers local architects um and there's this this constant communication there which is good uh so that's a, that's a that's a plus point I mean being geographically located in a, in a in a good spot
2: do you think the language that our industry uses is uh the same as theirs i mean i know we all speak english right but well <laughs> I, I
1: think historically um our, we, we we are a techie industry um and a lot of the people who are front facing um, can be quite technical and if you if you start throwing the the techie language out it kind of scares people and you're oh, i don't want to get involved in that you know, i don't know if i should get it you know and it, it it can be a bit daunting um i think it's important that um we we're kind of on the same wavelength and we start engaging a little bit differently and not being too technical in front of whether it be architects designers developers and so on and just breaking it down a little bit more.
0: Yeah, so it's a very wavy line, that, I think, (laughs) because you you don't want to use technical terms and, like you said, Taz, you know, have people thinking, whoa, that's way more technical than I really want to get involved with. But at the same time, you don't want to be patronising. And um, going back to the CPDs, the the designing integrated future-ready homes had really got to that point, you know, where you're talking about who's got broadband at home? You know and (laughs) you you really start thinking uh, we moved on from having to ask the audience that question um Mm -hmm. so you have to get a steer really on where the person you're talking to is um and you just ask a couple of probing questions and see what they answer and you can Mm kind of get an idea because the worst thing you can do is is you know dumbing it down too much and they're just like i know this i understand what wi-fi is i know i can connect wirelessly and I know really my TV should be plugged in with an ethernet lead. You'd be surprised.
1: Um, yeah, but there, be surprised. And, and there are
0: people that, that, <laughs> that don't have that level of knowledge and you've just got to gauge it and, and that just comes from having a conversation, asking the questions and, and listening to what they actually answer. And I, think, I think that's a big problem in our industry Stri- You're striking ask. the right balance, isn't it? Yeah. Um
1: I mean, I'm not overly technical, you see. So for me, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, uh, it's it's a little bit more straightforward because I'm not throwing all this technical jargon to to, to, to to people. So it's a little bit easier. But I've seen, you know, my business partner who is super techie, and he and he's trying to have a conversation with someone, and he, he he's losing them because yeah. it's just too technical. Whereas you put two techie's together. And it's
2: a different language, yeah, and they're having a great time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you talked earlier about the architect or designer being more informed mm. about what you 're going to do than the end client, yeah, um, however, they still need their expectation levels set and the brief defined in a in a precise way, just as you would with an end client
0: yeah, yeah, because if they if they say they 've got fifteen grand for a home cinema and they want to sit sixteen people in, then you know the the architect might be thinking, okay, that's fine. You know, a projector's a couple of grand, I don't know, some speakers, how much can it cost? 15 grand, it should be loads. Um, and then when, when the rooms will be planned out and they, and they finally come to us and we say, okay, you're going to need a, I don't know, four-meter wide screen, you're going to need a projector that can throw an image five meters because that's the size of the room you need to get that many seats in, and, and suddenly it's, you know, 100 grand.
1: Yeah, it further reinforces the fact of... of, of you know, us being involved at the beginning. Right at the beginning. It, right at the beginning. Yeah. You know, from
2: design stage, it's, it's it's so important. So that's the message. Get in early.
0: Exactly. Get in right. early. <laughs> I think officially for a REBA architect, we have to be involved by stage three.
2: Is that right? Mm. Is that, that actually in the program that's, of work? That's yeah. in the
0: CPD they say that we should be involved by stage three
2: i think well there's a bit of lobbying that goes on then to yeah. to change that mindset isn't there yeah i think
0: i don't i don't know if um architects necessarily know that but certainly in in the cpd they say when should the last slide is when should we be involved the answer is as early as possible but certainly by stage three
2: right
0: so you're at home
1: See mm. the thing—the the issue the architect has is that they're, they're, there's so many elements to what they're doing. We're just another kind of piece of the puzzle, yeah, we but are. we are actually we are actually an important piece of the puzzle because if we're integrating loads of solutions, we kind of sit just a little bit above everything else because we need to bring all of all of that technology in. They don't like that,
0: no doubt. All the other, the guys <laughs> don't like it when no. you tell them. Well,
1: yeah, we're, we're slightly above you in the tier. <laughs> again, it's just down to education. It's just you know being able to to, to explain to them you know what we're actually doing and how we how we're we doing it you know and then they I think they'll understand mm. the importance of it yeah because if we don't get those cables in the right place or if we don't position things correctly it's a problem and ultimately the most important person is the client yeah and we need to we need to fuse all of our all of our expertise together as one and
0: deliver
2: it communication and teamwork then yeah
0: and, it, and like we, right at the beginning like we said you know we all want the same result everyone involved in that yeah. project wants the same result they want a happy client at the end and you only get that by working together and communicating and taking your experience and knowledge and imparting it onto
2: mm. everyone else excellent thanks very much <laughs> Thank you, Taz and Alex, for your contributions, and thanks to AWE for hosting us here today. Remember, we're available free on podcast platforms everywhere. If you're enjoying listening to what we have to say, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, at inthomepod, on Facebook and Instagram, at Integrated integratedhomepod, and on LinkedIn, at the Integrated Home Podcast. There you can get in touch with us about ideas for future shows and also future guests. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of Meridian Audio, AWE and Sony. We are a Wildwood and Alfie Media production.